Welcome to the Explore the Bible series. This is Larry Bertrand. We're looking at Hosea lesson four. This is the final lesson in the book of Hosea, scheduled for November 6, 2022. Here we will see that God promises to forgive all who turn to him in repentance. The passage is Hosea chapter 14, verses 1 through 9. And the key verse for today is chapter 13 of Hosea. But I have been, chapter 13, verse 4, but I have been the Lord your God ever since you came out of Egypt. You shall acknowledge no God but me, no Savior except me. So as we look at this passage, we'll consider the attributes of God that lead to restoration through true repentance. We'll focus on Hosea's message to the Israelites and the connection to us today through Jesus Christ. I hope we can emphasize that God promises to forgive all who turn to him in repentance. So think about Two words, good news. When's the last time you received some good news? You might stop and ponder that for a moment. I think you'd have to agree with me. We all like to hear good news. And the minute we hear good news, what do we do? We share it about, we share it with everyone about the good news that we've received. So in previous sessions in Hosea, we've noted repeated indictments against Israel for their sins. Hosea pointed out the specific actions of the people that were moving them away from God. In today's study, we will begin to see a glimmer of hope based on God's unfailing love and forgiveness. So looking at the background of Hosea chapter 11, verse 1, all the way to chapter 14, we'll see that in Hosea 11, God recalled what this relationship with Israel was like in the past. He was a loving father who who delivered his son out of Egypt. Though the Lord healed them and guided them and provided for them and protected them, Israel rebelled against God and turned away from him to worship Baal. Therefore, God declared his decision to punish Israel with bondage under a new master, Assyria. The Assyrian armies would come and destroy Israel's cities because of the nation's disloyalty and refusal to repent. So God revealed his heart. Uh, He revealed his heart as a loving father who, who must discipline his children, but takes no pleasure in doing so. He's a just God who must punish sin. But at the same time, he is a merciful God who shows compassion. Therefore, he declared that he would not utterly destroy his people, but instead would one day 
deliver them from their captivity and restore them as they responded to his call. So in Hosea chapters 11, verse 12 in, in through 13, verse 16, God directed his action to Israel and Judah's unfaithfulness to him. And Judah wandered around with other gods. Israel had become uh, deceitful, feigning loyalty to God. At the same time, they served other gods and sought alliances with godless nations who would ultimately turn them, turn on them and destroy them. Their activities would come to nothing but despair. Once again, God compared Israel to Jacob, known for his deceitfulness when he was young. Jacob struggled with the Lord, and he and he literally struggled with the angel at Peniel. Nevertheless, Jacob found God at Bethel, the house of God, the place Israel had made into Beth-Avon, the house of wickedness. Israel needed to return to God, as Jacob finally did. Then they would once again receive the blessings of the covenant God had promised to Jacob at that location. So in spite of all God had done for Israel, the nation refused to listen to his warnings and continued to worship the worship of Baal. Though God's judgment would be severe, his promise to show compassion and not utterly destroy them. We see, we see in chapter 14, God promised he would restore his people. So we need to emphasize that in chapter 11, the focus turns towards God's unfailing love for Israel. Even though Israel had sinned and turned from God, he promised to ransom and redeem them. So as we get ready to look at the first section of Scripture, Hosea called on Israel to return to God in repentance. The people needed to admit their sin, especially their misguided trust in things other than God. So let's look at what true repentance looks like. Hosea chapter 14, verses 1, 2, and 3, and we'll note Hosea's plea to the Israelites. Verse 1, return, Israel, to the Lord your God. You, your sins have been your downfall. Take words with you and return to the Lord. Say to him, forgive all our sins and receive us graciously that we may offer the fruit of our lips. Assyria cannot save us. We will not uh, mount war horses. We will never again say our gods to what our own hands have made. For, you, for in you the fatherless find compassion. So I want you to see the words 
that are found in this passage, the key words that talk about uh, where Israel is headed. Looking at the Bible Knowledge Commentary, we see an appeal for repentance, Hosea's appeal for their repentance. Hosea's prophecy ends on a positive note with an exhortation to repentance. He says, return to the Lord. Though this final appeal would surely be rejected by his arrogant and stubborn nation, it would, it would instill hope in the hearts of the righteous remnant and provide the repentant generation of the future with a model for, to follow the, the returning to the Lord. True repentance would involve several things. It, it would involve an acknowledgement of sin. Say to him, forgive all our sins. It would acknowledge a desire to praise the Lord. So we see the quote, that we may offer the fruit of our lips, Israel's only Savior, God, and helper. And we see that they would no longer, no longer would Israel trust in Assyria or other nations, and that they will call on her hand, no longer call on her handmade idols and gods. Hosea even suggested the words that Israel might say as they approach God in repentance. So the, the prayer in verse 2 and 3 involved three elements. So let's look at those elements. You can read about that in the Personal Study Guide, page 94. But the first element is an appeal for forgiveness. The second one was a Renunciation of the false objects of faith. Assyria, they said, will not save us. Military might will not save us. False idols, the gods of their hands, could not save them. And the final appeal, the third appeal, is an appeal to the character of God. For the fatherless receives compassion in you. God is our Father. As we transition to this next section, Hosea explained that God would do several things. He would heal Israel. He would love them freely. He would forgive them if they turned to him in repentance, and he would establish them and prosper them. So we look at what true forgiveness is all about. Hosea chapter 14, verses 4 five, six, and seven. As I, as I read these, visualize the promise of restoration. Verse seven, I will heal their waywardness and love them freely for my anger has turned away from them. I will be like the dew to Israel. He will blossom like a lily, like a cedar of Lebanon, he will send out, send down his roots. His young shoots will grow. His splendor will be like an olive tree. His fragrance like a cedar 
of Lebanon. Peace will dwell again in his shade. They will flourish like the grain. They will blossom like the vine. Israel's fame will be like the wine of Lebanon. So we see all kinds of references to nature in this passage. You might want to go back and circle uh, in your scripture all those references, uh, cedars of Lebanon, uh, the, the grain, the wine, the olive tree, the young shoots, the lily, uh, all of those are references to nature and how God will restore the people. Looking at the notes from the ESV Study Bible, it says, as so often happens with calls to repentance, there follow a, an astounding promise uh, to entice Israel to return. The Lord will heal their apostasy. As noted in chapter 5, the, the prophets often depict sin as a sickness and renewal as healing. So he says, I will love them freely. It is not the Lord who has stopped loving Israel, but now he will love them without the prospect of imminent judgment. So in verse 5, we see the words, I will be like the dew. Dew was the key source of water for Israel. It would be the vital, be vital for the growth of the, the kind of plants that follow. So he talks about the lily. Uh, the Hebrew term can refer to several different lily-like flowers. All uh, are prized for their beauty. Biblical authors regularly celebrates the the trees of Lebanon, especially the cedars, and it celebrates them as the most majestic. We can read about that in Psalm 104, verse 16. And then in verse 6, it says, He, he shoots, his shoot shall uh, spread out. It's the imagery that depicts an expanding kingdom like the growth of a great tree. Israel's original calling was to spread its influence throughout the whole world. Beauty shall be like the olive, it says in this verse. The olive was regarded as a symbol of strength and prosperity. Psalm 52 verse 8 says, but I am like an olive tree flourishing in the house of God. I trust in God's unfailing love forever and ever. And then it refers to the fragrance like Lebanon, a reference to the cedars of Lebanon. What an incredible smell, the smell of fresh cedar. Verse 7 says, They shall flourish like the grain, like the vine, like the wine. Israel again becomes a choice vine, which was her design from the beginning. The landscape he depicts is an Eden-like, Garden of Eden-like paradise, illustrating 
a covenant renewal by the replanting of Israel as a lush garden. So he, Hosea painted a, a picture of God freely loving and forgiving his people. Talks about a fresh beginning for Israel with new branches and security, new growth, uh, restoration. Israel would be right with God, and God would unselfishly pour his love upon his people again. As we get ready for this last section, Hosea declared that God awaited an answer. The wise person would consider the message of Hosea and walk in God's ways. In Hosea chapter 14, verses 8 and 9, we see the source of true wisdom in these past, these verses. Ephraim, what more have I to do with idols? I will answer him and care for him I am like a flourishing juniper. Your fruitfulness comes from me. Who is wise, verse 9 asks. Let them realize these things. Who is discerning? Let them understand. The ways of the Lord are righteous. The righteous walk in them, but the rebellious stumble in them. So we see the advantage of turning to God in this passage uh, as, as it's identified in these verses. And so in verse 8, again, notes from the ESV Study Bible, we see the words, I am like an evergreen cypress. There's that phrase again of the cypress. Nowhere else in the Old Testament is the Lord like likened to a tree. However, in chapter 5, verse 12, Hosea uses an equally bold comparison of the Lord with, with a mouth and dry, dry with, with a moth and dry rot. So this suggestion is, uh, you know, maybe the evergreen is, uh, a statement that he, God is full of life and strength for the people. So in verse 9, Hosea has uh, an apt conclusion for his book. The Lord has made his case, Hosea says, and it is justified in punishing Israel for ingratitude and for covenant breaking. Yet, there is a final appeal for the wise who understand. The same verb used in 414, people without understanding should come to ruin. This phrase, this verse is full of terms otherwise meant in the Psalms and Proverbs such as wise and understand and discerning the ways of the Lord and the contrast between the upright and the transgressors. So most of the book has addressed Ephraim as a corporate body. But these terms in Hosea chapter 14, verse 9, 
focus on the moral response of individual Israelites. The positive terms in such a setting refer to those who really grasped the grace of the covenant. They also guide them to their own course of life, even when terrible disaster overtakes the people as a whole. So what are the blessings that true repentance brings in a person's life? Consider that question and consider the importance, maybe in your own life, to come to a place of repentance before the Lord as an individual. The Israelites had turned away from God and forgotten that no other Savior exists. It's a good lesson for us to understand from the book of Hosea. What are the applications of chapter 14? First of all, people must admit their sin and need their need for forgiveness. People, number two, people who turn to God in repentance find him, uh, find his love and forgiveness when they do that. And finally, wisdom. Wisdom, godly wisdom is found in turning to God in repentance. As we close and consider things to pray for, examine your hearts and lead us to confess our sins before him. Ask God to show us what we must confess. Ask that he would guide us to face difficult situations and always seek to honor him as our Savior and as our Lord. Well, I close with an old, old hymn, Christ Receiveth Sinful Men. There's, there's a word that we don't use much, receiveth. Christ receiveth sinful men. The first verse says, Sinners Jesus will receive souls. Uh, sound this word of grace to all. When the heavenly pathway leave, all who linger, all who fall. And then the refrain, sing it o'er and over again. Christ receiveth sinful men. Make the message clear and plain. Christ receiveth sinful men. And I'm going to go on down to the last verse, which says, Christ receiveth sinful men, even me with all my sin. Purge me from every spot and stain. Heaven with him I enter in. Sing it o'er and over again. Christ receiveth sinful men. Make the message clear and plain. Christ receiveth sinful men. Lord, thank you for receiving us. We all confess that we are sinners in need of your grace. Show us how we can repent where it's necessary. Show us how we can turn to you as the prophet Hosea emphasized. In Jesus' name, amen.